When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Dr. Caroline Leaf and welcome to my podcast, Cleaning Up the Mental Mess. Well, 2022 is here and I actually can't believe it. I keep thinking it's 2020 and I'm sure we all do that kind of thing. But it's here and everyone's doing detoxes and detoxing their bodies. But you know what? If you don't get your mind right, all those detoxes won't be sustainable. So the healthy diet plan, the whole healthy eating plan, the healthy exercise plan all the whatever if you don't actually get your mind right your mind drives that process so you're using your mind to make the decision to do the detoxes but your mind has to be managed in order to make those detoxes work and it be effective in your life so you've got to have a, a real merging of your mind management with whatever the plan is that you are putting into place So my book, Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess, my most recent book, is fantastic for this because I teach you how to manage your mind. And I even have a section in the second part of the book, which is the the second part is the how to manage your mind using the NeuroCycle, which is a system that I've developed over, over nearly four decades of research and clinical application to help you manage your mind moment by moment. The big stuff, the small stuff. And I also have an explanation, let me just get to the the exact chapter, of how you can build new habits into your mind. So if you've got a new lifestyle habit that you're introducing now over the new year, because we also, you know, that's kind of when we do these things. Well, you need to put that plan into a neurocycle system, into the user neurocycle to make it a habit. So in the second part of the book, I actually have a, here we go. Chapter 13, Neurocycling to Break Bad Habits and Build Good Lifestyle Habits. So you don't just want to have the plan in place for three weeks. You want it to be sustainable. So you're going to have to work at building that habit correctly through correct mind management, which is five steps, the five steps of the Neurocycle Daily, over cycles of 63 days or otherwise if you only just practice it for 21 days or for which is what a lot of people do the first 21 days of the year or or just do it for 21 days and they don't do anymore it's not going to work for you your your behaviors will only change in cycles of 63 days so here i teach you exactly how to put that new year's resolution into place and to help you even more i have my app the NeuroCycle app and we're always updating this and adding new stuff in and here I literally walk you through so I'm your personal therapist helping you to manage your mind and build those new amazing lifestyle habits into your life, your brain, your body. Your mind does the work. If your mind's messy, you're not going to sustain that. You have to have it managed. So get the NeuroCycle app, get the book. They work beautifully together to help you achieve what it is that you want to change, those behaviors, etc., etc. But in today's podcast, I'm going to dive a little deeper into relationships and how to manage relationships when they change. You know, there's so much information out there on relationships, but I want to talk specifically about how to manage your mental health when relationships change or end. 
Just a quick reminder that this podcast is for educational purposes. If you need medical advice, please contact the appropriate medical professional. Just a note before we begin today's episode. If you enjoy listening to my podcast and want to get access to exclusive ad-free bonus episodes, sign up today to become a Patreon member. Every month I will be releasing special bonus podcasts on topics you have requested, doing live Q&As and more. When you sign up today, you will get immediate access to two podcasts on topics I think are so important and pertinent, how to become less emotionally reactive and how to capture and edit thoughts before they become harmful. You will also have access to exclusive digital downloads and become part of a special community. Sign up today at patreon.com forward slash Dr. Caroline Leaf. The link will also be in the show notes. Right, let's dive into relationships, what to do, how to manage your mental health when relationships change. Relationships changing, it's an inevitable part of life. And I know we know that, but your mind is always changing because your life experiences are always changing, which means your brain is always changing and your body is always changing. You're never the same. You're always growing. Even though sometimes you might be resisting growth, there's always every new experience you have every single day is changing you. And this means that your relationships change. And some relationships, those people are also changing. So sometimes we grow together in our own personal changes, which then translates into changes in our relationships. But sometimes it doesn't. And the relationship comes to an end or it changes and it's very different to what it used to be. And that can affect us in different ways. Okay, so basically, we sometimes may have people in our lives for just a season. And it's healthy for both parties for that season. But then that season ends and then that relationship isn't beneficial or healthy for either you or the other person. doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you. It just means that you've moved on, that things have changed. And that is okay. It really is okay. So we, we also, relationships may change from where you had a very deep relationship with someone and then it's changed into something where it's not quite so deep because that phase has passed and you've moved on to other things. So we may have friends that we do just fun things with or we may have friends and family that we can trust more than others. You know, so you can go through phases where, you're, where you find that you can trust certain family members. Family is so important. We know that family is so important and friendships are so important. But sometimes we trust we, we go through phases in our relationship where we feel that we can't really share everything with a certain family member or a, or a friend. And that whereas you used to be able to. Or you recognize that if you are sharing too much, it's creating maybe an unhealthy codependency and anxiety. And you need to have a season where you things where you don't maybe talk to that person as much, where you need to have a bit more space. And all of that's okay. And I'm saying the obvious but I know I've been there. I've been in those positions where I thought, well, this is, such, this is changed. It feels different. So I'm feeling uncomfortable. And immediately, what have I done wrong? You know, and you look at yourself negatively and you see, well, what have I done wrong? Am I the cause of all these changes? And I don't know if this has happened to you, but it's happened to me where there's a lot of changes in, in your life and that affects more than one relationship. So you kind of think, well, am I the common denominator? Suddenly this one's not as close. Suddenly that one doesn't talk in that way anymore. Suddenly this. And it feels because you've changed so much that it's affected multiple relationships. So it feels like you can very easily look at yourself and think, well, gosh, am I the cause? Am I the problem? And that kind of thinking we need to catch quite quickly because 
things change not because we are problems, but maybe because we're going through problems. And that you, you just need a different kind of relationship or you need a different, you need, you need more space around yourself in that particular time. Okay, so I just want to read something to you from a study. The more diverse our networks of friends are, the healthier it is. So it's really good to have those close friends, but it's also good to have diverse friendships, diverse networks. I'm going to read this to you, this little phrase. So the diverse networks had the best outcomes in terms of depressive symptom- symptomatology and restricted networks had the worst. So basically what this means is that having many sources of support or performing many roles in terms of both the family and the surrounding community appears to be the best for mental health. So what that is saying is that this, this research that has been done, that's saying that the best thing for your mental health is to have people in your life, but the way to have people in your life is diversity. So it's to have, yes, have those close friends, have those close people in your family, but build as many relationships as you can cope with. Not all of us want thousands of relationships, but it's diversity. Some will want more friendships than others, more will build more relationships than other people. So there's no formula. The key is what this research is saying is that a diversity in your support systems is very, very good. So you may have certain family members that you can talk to about certain things and other ones that you can talk to about other things and other ones that you just have fun with. You may have some friends that you just have fun with and you just go for dinners with and you just do hang out and and it's very casual. And there's others that you have these deep, intense conversations. So it's the diversity of your connections, family and friends, that is showing in the research shows that brings the best mental health. So diversity and recognizing that you don't have to have the same, you don't have to get the same thing from every relationship. And not to feel guilty if you feel you can share with that person, but you can't really share with that person. And it doesn't make anyone bad. It just is the, the, the uniqueness of, of who you are and what you're going through. And those so the people that you feel you can share more with, there's just somehow that connection is working better at that point than with those people than with other people. And all of this is to say that go with the flow. Don't be so hard on yourself. Relationships do change you because you change, and that is okay. And to cope with this, the more diverse relationships we have, the, the more effective. This episode is brought to you by The Jordan Harbinger Show. Want a new podcast to look forward to each week? One that's entertaining, informative, packed with actionable content and great for your mental health? Of course you do. The average podcast listener has six shows in rotation. So you're most likely not just listening to my podcast, Cleaning Up the Mental Mess, and that's totally okay. As I always say, the more we learn, the healthier and happier our brain is, and our body and our mind. And I'd love to share podcasts to add to your learning list. The Jordan Harbinger Show a top-shelf podcast named the best of Apple in 2018. It's one of my all-time favorite shows, and I know you will love it too. Jordan dives into the minds of fascinating people, from athletes, authors, and scientists to mobsters, spies, and hostage negotiators. Harbinger has an undeniable talent for getting his guests to share never-been-heard-before stories and thought-provoking insights. Without fail, he pulls out tactical bits of wisdom in each episode, all with a noble cause to make you a more informed, critical thinker to better operate in today's world. My personal favorite episodes are his interview with Charles Duhigg on the secrets of being smarter, faster, better, which really got me excited for my own research on learning and mental health. 
and his interview with Laurie Santos on the practical lessons she has learned from the Happiness Lab. Because let's face it, we all want to find easy and simple ways to practice being happier every day. You can't go wrong with adding the Jordan Harbinger show to your rotation. It's incredibly interesting. There's never a dull show. Search for the Jordan Harbinger show. That's H-A-R-B as in boy, I-N as in Nancy, G-E-R on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. The link and details will be in the show notes. Another interesting research study did two lots of research and they say that friendships may be more influential than family relations on well-being. It's it's literally, although family relationships are really important, they are generally obligatory. So, you know, that's your family, that's your sibling or your parent. So there's an obligation that is involved in that, whereas friendships, there's more choice. So friendships, by contrast, are optional, whereas family is obligatory. And yes, I know if you've had, you know, trauma with family and you've been abused by family, obviously then you you absolutely aren't obliged. So I just want to make that proviso here. I'm not saying that if you have had a very toxic situation with family, you to protect yourself if you need to cut those ties, absolutely. What we're discussing here is in general. And in general, the research shows that we choose our friends, but we don't choose our family. And so it's really important that we develop a diverse network of friendships and as well as just growing friendships within our family as well. So... Friends may provide emotional intimacy and companionship, integration into the community and broader society and reaffirmation of self-worth. So therefore, friends, what the research shows, provide emotional intimacy and companionship, integration into the community and broader society and reaffirmation of self-worth. It seems more than just family alone. So you're going to get different things from family relationships and you're going to get different things from friend relationships. So you kind of want diversity in both, which is what the research is showing, and that's instinct as well. And the benefits of having a diverse friendship group is it's a lot of self-worth, a lot of integration into community, seeing different aspects of people's lives, being able to be seen in a different way because friends look at you differently to what family family does and it can also that's another way of building your self-worth because you feel like you're part of a community and you're contributing to a community outside of the natural family order so an interesting quote i want to read it here as well is that for example family members are more likely than friends to provide unconditional support while friends and other non-family members are more likely to share activities and interests so it's two different things So family members are more likely than friends to provide unconditional support, while friends and other non-family members are more likely to share activities and interests and also bring people into contact with new ideas. So both are forming uh, very important roles. So consequently, people with a a varied personal network may generally have more success with fulfilling their needs for sociability, companionship and support compared with people that have a very homogenous personal network who may be more likely to experience feelings of social isolation. So the more homogenous or one way that or it's sort of singular that you make your friendships, the less your well the that impacts negatively on your well-being, the more diverse your relationships, the more that improves mental health and well-being. 
So as humans, we live and thrive in a social community. We know that. And it's necessary for our own survival and for maintaining our mental health. We know that to stay connected with each other. But diversity seems to be very, very important to recognize the the value of what the unconditional support and obligatory support of the family, the diversity, the new ideas, the connection, the self-worth that comes from a diverse friend group. So one of the hardest things that we as humans constantly have to do as we go through life is navigating our friendships and relationships with others, especially as we change and grow, which is where we started this podcast. So as we go through life, this is just reinforcing we are constantly exposed to new people, places and ideas, and that grows us and changes us. I'm sure like you, Justin is an example of this. I have friends from childhood that I spent hours with, days with, weeks with, months, years. And if I look back now, and this was in South Africa, we live in the United States, if I go back to South Africa, there's only certain of those that I reconnect with. And you, you've had the same experience. So the changes have still kept certain connections going, but the changes have actually ended certain connections. And they, and you can feel bad about the ending of those connections, or you can accept it. And I found myself just recently realizing that I actually don't want to be connected with certain people from the past because it's not healthy for me or for them. We need to move on. So it's not that I dislike or have bad feelings. But the changes in our life have dictated that it's actually better that for this, at this stage, it may change in the future because I never say never. But at this stage, that the changes are so different in both of our lives that the, that friendship that we used to have as young children no longer works now as adults. And that is okay. I used to feel guilty about that, but I don't feel guilty. It doesn't mean I don't like them. It just means that we don't have, that the friendship has changed. So we need to accept these changes and not immediately think, what have I done wrong? Because then our self-worth and our mental health will suffer. And sometimes what can happen is that you go through so much change and the people that you're friends with, they, they're also changing, but you've had a radical change and they can't deal with that change. So they pull away and then that can make you feel bad about yourself as well. But you've got to recognize that those people are going through their own changes and the changes that you are going through they can't deal with. It doesn't make them bad or you bad. It just means that there's an incompatibility at that point and you're needing the space. So I'm really emphasizing this because when relationships change, it can really attack our self-worth and our mental health. And we can really point to ourselves and say, what's wrong with me? I'm the common denominator. You're not the common denominator. What is common amongst all of us is that we change and that we need to accept those changes. And what the science is also showing, in addition to its accepting those changes, is to have a diverse friend group, as well as having accepting that your your relationships within family will be different. There's certain people that you can talk to more than others, and that's all okay. That's kind of what this all the the science is actually telling us. So it's the instinct of what you you know this, but it's nice to hear that this has actually been scientifically researched. But the biggest message I want to carry through with you today is it's okay. It's okay if things change. Not to always point to yourself. At the same time, you, there, there are things that you may need to work on that are affecting others. So someone might turn around and say, listen, I can't deal with you always shouting or always you've really got, you know, you're going through a very angry time and I don't know how I can help you. So I'm pulling away. And that may make you really upset if someone, you know, says there's something about your personality that you, that you are now doing that's different to what you didn't do before, but it's affecting how they function. So they put up a boundary that can be very hard. But you can either fall apart and feel terrible and have, you know, a a really bad mental health reaction, or you can get upset. Don't suppress those feelings. Your feelings are valid. It's really important that you become aware 
do the neurocycle, this, the, the whole five-step process of processing what they've said, take away what you need, maybe everything that they've said is nonsense or maybe some of it's great and it's going to help you l learn and repair and grow. All elements are certain things you can't deal with now, but you suddenly see down the line as you go through healing process of change that actually maybe what they said was true, but they were perceiving it in the wrong way. But why did they perceive it in the wrong way? Because my behaviors were such, my emotions were such, and my emotions and behavior were such because of what I'm going through. So let me sort all that out and then maybe I can reconnect again. So it's a whole, you know, it's a lot of, we needed, we need our mental health comes from us accepting that relationships are messy, that things are changing, that sometimes the changes feel horrible, accepting that mess and then allowing ourselves to experience those emotions and then processing through those emotions and then making a decision from there. Do I want to reconnect? Do I want to rebuild? How am I going to do it? How much space do I need? Et cetera, et cetera. Very often I've, I've used this analogy and I'm going to use it again. I've got three jars over here. So now this is a little cup and here's the relationship. And when you're in the relationship, you completely consume with the relationship. If as you are changing, this relationship also changes. So in this confined space, you can't, you, you feel your growth feels, you feel constricted because you've grown. And so things don't feel right and you feel constricted. So you need to create some space. Now here I'm putting it into the bigger glass and now you've created space around this. So now stand, that gives you more perspective and you can stand back and you can be kind to yourself. And gentle on yourself to work out, okay, what am I doing that's maybe, what do I need to change in myself in a very kind way that maybe is affecting the relationship or what's changed here that I need to have the separation from this person or this friendship has come to an end or why has it changed? The space will help you understand that. That's what I'm saying. And as you create, if you still can't understand it, you may need to create even more space, which then looks like this. It looks like maybe more time apart. It means maybe a season where you don't connect with them. It maybe means physical and mental distance from those people while you gain more and more perspective. The more perspective you have, the more realistic you can be, you can be about looking at yourself your change, your role, the good and the bad, what you've maybe done that's hurt them, etc. The the good growth inside of you and having a lot of compassion for yourself and others. This is what's going to come when you've got this kind of perspective. So change requires you to give yourself this kind of space to get perspective on what is happening in your life and the impact that's having on others as well as the changes that they're going through and maybe the two changes are at a point where they're just clashing. And that's what this kind of space will give you. So instead of slamming yourself when things are changing and relationships are changing, stand back and give yourself the space to get perspective and understand. And it can be really hard. I mean, I've written this over here. Changes in your, if you're used to a certain relationship that you've maybe had for a long time and it's now gone, you, you can feel that sense of loneliness, that bond that you had, that connection. It can make you feel lonely and that's okay. It's important to understand that that loneliness is, is, is realistic and, and real and it's happened to you and allow yourself to process those feelings. You know, it, it, even though maybe you feel like, okay, I, I don't want that relationship anymore, but I still feel lonely because I had it and I don't have it. See, all those feelings are okay. It's so important that we don't just push it down and blame ourselves. Just, you know, get it out. That's where the neurocycle is so amazing. Go through the five steps. Develop an awareness of what is this, this change in this relationship. It's not what it was. 
and then reflect, you know, gather awareness of that and then reflect on that. Ask, answer, discuss, ask, answer, discuss. Write that down in the medical. Pour all your thoughts out. Recheck it. Sort those thoughts out and then get to an active reach. And you do that daily over 63 days. You're creating the space where you're moving from this to this to this to help you get that perspective, to understand your change, the impact of your change on the relationship and their change and the impact of their change on the relationship and the impact of both your changes on each other. One thing I want to make a habit this new year is learning how to relax and rest better. Relaxing is so great for our mental health and something we should be much more intentional about. But it can be hard to get enough good quality rest, which is why I recommend Ned's incredible CBD products. Ned's CBD products have over 2,000 five-star reviews and they work with incredible partners within the medical field like Dr. Christian Gonzalez and Dr. Will Cole. Ned also shares third-party lab reports, who farms their products and their extraction process all right there on their site. I personally have begun 2022 starting my day with Ned's amazing de-stress blend to create a better habit loop. This one-on-one formula of CBD and CBG is made from the world's purest full-spectrum hemp and features a botanical infusion of ashwagandha, cardamom and cinnamon. And it's USDA certified organic. CBG is known as the mother of all cannabinoids because of how effective it is at combating anxiety and stress by inhibiting the reuptake of GABA the neurotransmitter responsible for stress regulation. And it has really made a difference in my life. I also love the fact that this Ned's de-stress blend contains ashwagandha, which is an amazing Ayurvedic adaptogen that can enhance your body's resilience to stress and cardamom and cinnamon. Cinnamon is a powerful prebiotic that can support your gut health, a key player in your mental health, while cardamom helps combat stress by helping reduce your blood pressure and cortisol levels. If you'd like to give Ned a try, Cleaning up the mental mess listeners get 15% off Ned products with the code Dr. Leaf. Visit helloned.com forward slash Dr. Leaf to get access. That's H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D.com slash Dr. Leaf to get 15% off. The link and details will be in the show notes. And then also when you have done this work of understanding the change in yourself and getting the perspective, you know, getting yourself into this jar using the neurocycle over cycles of 63 days, you can then, as one of your fifth step, which is your active reach, you can work on communication. So you can decide, okay, you want to now somehow communicate either to rebuild or to deal with how the next phase of your relationship is going to go. So communication is very important. And that communication could be via text or an email or a phone call or a physical visit. Or maybe there is just nothing said. Maybe that's the communication where you kind of both agree to end it and it fizzles out. As the time has has moved on, the, the relationship, there's been this sort of gentle parting of ways. And that's okay. So if you feel the need to communicate, do that. And, and as you communicate, always approach the situation the communication with a willingness and an openness and most of all kindness to yourself and to the other person because changes and reconnecting after changes can be can be very you know it can be very fiery so it's really important that you go in with a really good attitude of soaking yourself in kindness so that your self-worth is very strong and evident and that you then pour kindness on the other person 
a willingness to see not just your perspective. So don't go in with, okay, this is how I see it. This is how it is. This is how you come in from, okay, we've both been through changes and let the other person talk first maybe and be willing to listen to what they've got to say and willing to hear these things and willing to to respond in a kind way and explain, I'm sorry, I didn't see it that way. And maybe this is actually what I meant. You know, it's the kindness and willingness will help to to improve the communication so much and help with then dealing with that changed relationships. And then you may have to insert new boundaries. We always talk about boundaries, but you may have to put certain boundaries up. And I've done a great podcast on boundaries as creating space. So you may need this kind of boundary to have a better relationship with that person, or you may need this kind of boundary where it's not as 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 um, restricted or controlled or you may need this kind of boundary where it's not it's even less so you can you just have to reframe and rework out the boundaries so as soon as there's been change there is going to be a need for new boundary setting so in conclusion you change relationship changes it can really affect your mental health if you are feeling disturbed by a relationship it's okay validate your feelings do a neurocycle process through it Allow yourself the time to go, to give yourself space to go from this to this to this, which will happen in these cycles of 63 days. And then from there, you can make a decision about how you want to continue or not continue with the relationship, how you want to communicate, what boundaries you want to put in place to help you. But most of all, to keep your mental health in a safe space, we change, people change as hard as it is. It is okay. It's a normal part of life. And the other thing I want to just remind you of is to, to for relationships to improve your mental health, it's really important that you keep diversity in your friendships and recognize that you don't have to tell everyone the same thing. You don't have to have the same kind of relationship with each person. It's going to be different and you don't have to have any guilt involved in how your friendship relationships are different to your family relationships. You need to do what works for you. They're going to be different. But you're, and it's very important that you have diversity in both. And it's very important that you recognize that diversity in your social friendships is going to really grow you socially and emotionally in a different way to what your family relationships will, will grow you. So it's very good that you have family and friendships, family and non-family and diversity in both, which will really help you become a more rounded person and satisfy that need for deep, meaningful connection that we absolutely desire inside each and every one of us. Thank you for joining me today and I hope you've enjoyed this podcast and don't forget to share this with your friends and family and to follow me on social media and I look forward to seeing you next time. I hope you found today's podcast interesting and helpful. If you want more tips and help with managing anxiety, depression and mental health, be sure to visit my website at drleaf.com and to sign up for my weekly newsletter where I also include a schedule of my speaking events and so much more. And follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Just look for Dr. Caroline Leith. Also, I love seeing all your posts on social media about this podcast. I love seeing what resonates with you and what you've learned. So be sure to continue posting and tagging me and letting me know what you think and how these tips worked out for you. And don't forget, leave a review and keep spreading the word about this podcast. Thank you for joining me today. I really hope you learned something new and helpful. Till then, 
I'm Dr. Caroline Leaf. This podcast represents the opinions of myself and my guests. The content here should not be taken as medical advice. The content here is for educational and informational purposes only. Please consult your healthcare professional for any individual medical questions you may have. While we make every effort to ensure that the information we are sharing is accurate, we welcome any comments, suggestions or corrections of errors.